0: This Sunday, the Christensen's Backyard Family barbecue turns into a satanic panic
1: when Lucifer decides to crash it. Lucifer, did you change the music?
0: Yeah, I added some subliminal messages, doesn't it just pop?
1: Well, I can't understand it now.
0: Well, that's because I had to break your CD player so you can play it backwards now. It's the only
1: way to listen to my music.
0: You'll laugh as Peter loses his religion with this wacky neighbor's wacky hijinks.
1: Did you sacrifice another goat on my grill? It took forever to get the smell out last time. Oh,
2: relax.
1: It
3: wasn't a goat this time. It was your cat, Sparky.
1: But it all comes to a head when Lucifer brings his apple brown Betty to the cookout. The last time you made this, we got kicked out of that botanical garden.
2: Did I do that?
0: It's a party straight from hell, this week on I Love Lucifer. Sunday, January 1st at midnight, right after According to Carl.
3: Young witch, or I guess yeah. in this case, he'd be like <f chưa> hello.
0: <sighs> See that—that's why my D D character is more or less just going to be a played-up yeah. version of me.
1: Blacky don't Black don't drink blood. He scrape and he lick.
0: <laughs> yeah. What Mike- is that from?
3: Oh, I couldn't tell you.
1: That's a that's a. Could huge it be from Blackie drama?
3: Oh, I don't know. I never got into like. I mean, I watch them, but I never got, like, where I watched every episode of The Simpsons or... No, No, I saw this one in the the kitchen somewhere.
0: (laughs) I was never big into The Simpsons. Futurama kicked ass,
2: though.
1: Futurama was fine. They're all fine. I don't like that style of comedy so much. The clips are hilarious sometimes. Right, yeah.
0: Well, it's... uh, Matt Matt Groening was huge for, for TV at the time. Yeah. And, like, it showed with Futurama... And just the legacy of what The Simpsons is yeah. now,
3: but again, eh. you know, going back to you guys calling me old, you know, I lived when The when? Simpsons. When you, well, when you made the comment that I need to do the the thing because I lived through the eighties.
1: No, I was saying to give the podcast an air of legitimacy. Uh, like, we yes, we can talk <laughs> about this because hey, our the dude who mostly does most of our research was an 80s person yeah he did the 80s so like i was there man i got the scars
3: but no i was there when i the, was one the of the simpsons babies they sacrificed were, yes when the simpsons like were like on the cover of everything yeah and- oh
0: the prime era of simpsons re what
1: i may i may have just come up with another scp Okay. yeah tell me if this is good or not it's very we're funny recording
3: are you wanting to keep it a secret no fuck okay. it um so
1: what if okay just bear with me it's a wild okay so what if there were people or a phenomena i guess where you did have a previous life but the only people who have previous lives are the babies who were sacrificed during the satanic panic oh my gosh and they came back all in the 90s <laughs> it was like they got a real quick re-up time
3: so you're saying that basically the millennials are all that's set. why
1: millennials are so weird yeah yeah yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah, that's basically what i'm getting at it's that's like the like, first step <laughs> that's a generation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like it re- it's like reincarnation sure that's like a thing whatever religion blah 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 fine cool but that takes like a while like that takes a while, but like <laughs> this one was like, ah, oh, no, 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 no. The deal was you get to come back in like five years or whatever. Yeah, right.
0: So it's ev- everyone born between like 1992 and 1997 is affected by the SCP. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: <laughs> okay, ruminate <laughs> on that, everybody, and uh, we're gonna go ahead and get started with this episode. Does it make as much
1: sense as anything else? The fuck that's happening right now in life? No. Yep. No, it doesn't. It sure does.
0: It makes more sense than Gematria decoding. Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't. Mm.
1: (laughs) If that's the bar, I'm good.
0: (laughs) Somehow even worse than flat earthers.
3: Yes. I will look at a Gematria thing and the left side of my brain will look at the right side of my brain and say, it's dark in here. And and we're going to (laughs) die.
1: Holy shit. (laughs)
3: that was that was poetry (laughs) I I wish it was mine it's not mine it's Lewis Black but still that's how I feel your
0: last two brain cells just don't know how to cope so Mm -hmm. they just start hitting each other yes oh my god
3: (laughs) I cannot wait till we do that episode oh yeah Uh, hmm. I I just want to see Ruben short circuit to prove he's actually a a robot (laughs)
2: Yeah,
1: you know what I've got backup circuitry, it's fine. It just might this take me might fry change. your backup.
0: We'll man. have to plug Ruben in for that episode. Keep him charged.
1: Uh tell me why I just imagined a butt plug with a cord out the back.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's auxiliary power. <laughs> we'll get that THC lube that we talked about last week too.
1: It's
0: we're gonna have to get uh it- some better mics before we do that to cover up the sound of the generator oh
2: yeah yeah
1: Mm -hmm. am i running the generator or is the generator running me i can't tell
0: (laughs) (laughs) does art imitate life or does life (laughs) imitate
1: art
3: we can't really tell you know we've invented
1: the first perpetual motion machine
3: (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody so oh i don't know if this is a no this got to be a uh welcome to two towns over campfire stories i'm don i'm not me either (laughs) You get that butt plug going.
1: We don't have. We ordered it. It's not oh, on the way yet. It's like they've got. It's like backed up. We ordered it from Lithuania.
0: <laughs> We've just had to shove batteries up there for now. <laughs>
1: just a couple of D's. <laughs> D's nut. <laughs> oh, <my>
3: Godim. <laughs> <Got in. laughs> oh, we're off to a great start. So, uh. We escaped the Halloween season, so what we are going to be talking about this week is our first foray into aliens. So, white people. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Do you know people believe that? That that white white people people
1: are are aliens? aliens? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They think it's a credible theory.
3: People think Dramatria is a credible theory.
1: Yeah. Okay. You know what? Again, if that's the bar, everyone's doing great. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we're all limbo champions if that's the bar.
1: So, because you can walk upright with somebody on top of your damn shoulders <laughs> under that bar.
0: <laughs> no, that would be a high bar. Yeah. That's a high bar.
3: Yeah. Ugh, whatever. Fucking... You just step over this bar.
0: It's we're we're all high jump champions if yeah, that's the bar. Go. God damn it!
3: It's all right. When you get the butt plug, we'll get you powered up. You'll be good to go. Hurry up, Lithuania.
0: Yeah, Amazon Next Day didn't work
3: on it. (laughs) So on September 19th, 1961.
1: (laughs) I've done a horrible thing.
3: (laughs) (laughs) On September 19th, 1961, Betty and Barney Hill were driving back to Portsmouth from a vacation in Niagara Falls in Montreal. While traveling through a rural part of New Hampshire, just south of Lancaster. Did you say Betty and Barney?
1: Yes. As in from the Flintstones? Yes.
3: Why do you think I was singing the Flintstones song before we started? Because all week it all I've been thinking comes about it.
0: full circle.
3: I was actually going to put in like a, a little thing uh, a lot time suck where I was actually going to write like a paragraph on how Betty and Barney Hill were the actual um, um, inspiration inspiration for, for Betty and Barney Rubble. And I was actually going to write a new theme song and say that it was edited once they decided to go a different route. But you know, Flintstones meet the Flintstones. There, the Monoceranich family from the town of Bedrock. Barney Rubble is an abductee. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ride with the family down the street. Betty traveling at near light speed. When you are, uh, but then That's I didn't.
1: Good. I Thank like. It. I don't know the story yet, so I don't. I. <laughs> right. It was very good.
3: Thank you. So while traveling, uh, while traveling through a rural part of New Hampshire, just south of Lancaster, Betty spotted something in the night sky. She claimed that it moved from below the moon and the planet Jupiter before moving up to the west side of the moon.
0: She has that much knowledge of astrology that she was like, oh yeah, that's the moon, that's Jupiter. Astronomy, uh, actually. Uh, oh, right.
3: Astrology is the one that's bullshit. Right. I got to, well, actually, Josh. I didn't push my glasses up, though.
0: <laughs> you got You got to do it like an anime character, though, like with... with your middle finger but also your index finger supporting Mm -hmm. your middle finger as you do it
3: brandon just like full-on flips you off
0: oh yeah i do i do this this thing Uh yeah i used to do it to customers at cbs (laughs) to be really discreet about it
3: but uh yeah so yeah she apparently knew where jupiter was um she at first what year is this this is 1961 She at first dismissed it as a a shooting star, but decided differently when it moved upwards. Because it moved erratically and grew bigger and brighter, Betty urged Barney to stop the car for a closer look. Canonically, it's going to be Betty and Barney Rubble in the whole story. Oh, yeah.
1: No, that's who I'm picturing. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't stop me from seeing them if you tried.
3: I can when I tell you what they actually look like. Oh, God. Barney's. (laughs) So, yeah. Mm. Betty urged Barney to stop the car for a closer look, as well as to walk their dog Delsy. Barney stopped at a scenic picnic area, just south Delcy. their dinosaur Delsy. Yes,
1: Delsy is Bam Bam.
3: <laughs> oh shit! Bam 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 Bam. So Barney stopped at a scenic picnic area just south of the unincorporated community of Twin Mountain. <laughs> it looks great. <laughs> <laughs> what supposedly follow would bring the hills into the spotlight as they became the first people ever to report being abducted by a ufo
0: damn they were way ahead of
3: their time yeah. fred you're never gonna believe what happened to us <laughs> the grand poobah <laughs> the greens the greys <laughs> were the greys so the hills lived in portsmouth the, um, new hampshire they're the greys yeah
0: <laughs> it's, i'm gonna spend all episode getting well actually <laughs> you act like i well actually all the time well actually i don't
3: yeah <laughs> Now he's he's got it balanced back out again <laughs> the scales have been balanced yes all is right with the world perfectly balanced as all things should be barney was employed by the united states postal service while betty was employed as a social worker active in the you unitarian know, I'm pretty sure barney was a construction worker <laughs> yeah active in the local unitarian congregation the hills were also members the of you know what unitarian congregation
1: what is a unitarian
3: it's a denomination church
1: Oh, I guess. Yeah. I've never heard of that.
3: Yeah, I've heard of the Unitarians. I don't know. I think, yeah. Anyways. I don't think they're still super active. No. Sounds creepy
1: and weird. The
3: Hills were also members of the NAACP and community leaders, and Barney sat on a local board for the United States Commission on Civil Rights.
1: Oh. Are they black?
3: One of them is. Which one? Barney. Okay. Yeah.
1: Now I'm seeing my parents. (laughs) 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 Shit. They were
3: they were an interracial couple at the time to- at a time when it was particularly uncommon in the United States. 62 61. 61. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: That's
0: fucking that's true bravery. That's badass. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> now
1: according to a variety that's b- especially for a black man and a white woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that wow. is a brave fucking man. Mm-hmm. Jesus.
3: According to a variety of reports given by the Hills, the alleged UFO sighting had happened- They were married. Yes. Legally. Yes fucking a <laughs> the alleged kick ass the alleged ufo sighting happened at about 10 30 p.m on september 19th 1961 he and still is, does have barney's
1: laugh i just want to make that clear oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> that's the one this is where again
0: remind me uh new hampshire new hampshire okay mm-hmm. god but, so and they're on the east coast i could see it in the west coast in the 60s but man. they're in new england dog yeah, Dude, new new is england. England. i know Same.
3: yeah Betty, looking through binoculars, observed better o- than
1: the South. I gotta
3: say that. Oh, for, least. Least. for sure, for observed sure. Observed no. an odd-shaped craft flashing multicolored lights travel across the face of the moon. Because her sister had several years earlier said she had seen a flying saucer. This also explains why Betty knew where Jupiter was, because
1: only white women in the sixties who liked black men were that into astronomy. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the equivalent of being like a yoga mom
0: today. That is the most (laughs) specific generalization I think I have ever heard in my my entire life. It's my
1: favorite kind of joke, Josh. (laughs) It's as (laughs) specific as I can while still being fairly general in a dismissive way. Very fun (laughs) for me. Because who else is like that? In the 60s? Maybe four other people. Yeah. Like... (laughs)
3: So because her sister had several years earlier said that she had seen a flying saucer, Betty thought it might be what she was observing. Through binoculars, Barney observed what he reasoned was a commercial airliner traveling toward Vermont on its way to Montreal. However,
1: Um, I'm just going to say that's
3: more likely. mm -hmm. Well, however, he soon changed his mind because without looking as if it had turned, the craft rapidly descended in his direction.
1: Maybe it's a helicopter. Helicopter? Maybe.
3: This observation caused Barney to realize this object that was a plane was not a plane. They quickly returned to the car and drove toward Furconia Notch, a narrow mountainous stretch on the, of the road.
1: Furconia Notch is a great name for a place or a fantasy character <laughs> or a
3: Star Wars character,
1: which mm-hmm. is basically space fantasy.
3: Yeah. So the Hills said they continued driving on the isolated road, moving very slowly through Faconia Notch in order to observe the object as it came even closer. Faconia
1: Notch, just real fun to say <laughs> in here.
3: At one point, the object passed above a restaurant and signal tower on top of Cannon Mountain and came out near the Old Man of the Mountain. That's a Zelda Mountain. Cannon Mountain?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Is it? No, not I, literally. I was gonna yeah. say I didn't think so, but like Cannon Mountain is the type of shit that you would hear. It's the it's the mountain where they put
0: all the things that did officially happen in the story. Yeah. It's, no, no,
1: no. <laughs> it's the it's the mountain in um, uh, Tears of the Kingdom that's oh, where the bomb sure, sure, shop sure. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, spoiler alert! Bomb shop's back. I don't know if that's true yet. I hope it is. I hope it is though. God damn.
3: So yeah, it came out near the Old Man of the Mountain, which is a series of five cliffs on the side of Cannon Mountain that when viewed from the north resembles a stone face.
1: Dude. That's a, that's a dope-ass setting. Because mm-hmm. I'm literally just imagining a mountain filled with cannons <laughs> aimed at another mountain called the Old Man of the Mountain. <laughs> and it's just exploding the mountain into the shape of a face.
3: So Betty testified that it was at least one and a half times the length of the granite cliff profile, which was 40 feet long, and that it seemed to be rotating.
1: (laughs) Specific. (laughs) I don't believe you anymore. I'm sorry. I never did.
3: The couple watched as the silent illuminated craft moved erratically and bounced back and forth in the night sky.
1: It was light painting. It did, a, it did a little light painting of a Dracula. <laughs>
3: <laughs> about one mile south of Indian Head, they said, the object rapidly Less cool. rapidly descended toward their vehicle, causing Barney to stop in the middle of the highway. He used his feet, obviously. The huge silent craft hovered about- There was about... a cartoonish screeching. Yeah, yeah he, had, he had to screech with his heels against pavement. <laughs> yeah. huh. The silent craft hovered about 80 to 100 feet above the hill's car, and filled the entire field of view in the windshield. Now I'm just imagining Barney and Betty from the cartoon, but Barney is color shifted. Oh my <laughs> God. Barney- yeah, you're going to look for it? Yep. It has to exist. Barney stated that it reminded him of a huge pancake. Carrying his pistol in his pocket, he stepped away from the vehicle and moved closer to the object. Using the binoculars, Barney claimed to have seen eight to 11 humanoid figures who were peering out of the craft's windows, seeming to look at them. Uh, in unison, all but one figure moved to what appeared to be a panel on the rear wall of the hallway that encircled the front portion of the craft. The one remaining. Are they Power
1: Rangers?
3: <laughs> the one remaining figure continued to look at Barney and communicated a message telepathically. Telling him to stay where you are and keep looking. Barney had a recollection of observing the humanoid forms wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps. Red lights, Ca-
1: caps. Which kind of caps? caps?
3: Well, they'll explain in a minute. Okay. Because
1: um, there's like a lot of different types of cap. Yeah. Like it's, baseball, described, the it's described. It's
3: described as like the kind of cats, that caps that the Air Force people wear with the two points.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, that. like a military situation. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: There's not one single picture okay. of Black Barney Rubble.
3: Black Barney Rubble. Damn yeah. it. Maybe you should be a little bit more sensitive and say African-American Barney Rubble. If it of... comes up when I search that, I'm going to shit my pants on purpose. <laughs> See, I have to picture Barney with an afro now. Because I can't picture a blonde black Barney.
1: I can, and it's very funny.
3: <laughs> oh, God, we can't get it. This is the shipwreck we talked about. Um, Ooh, I did find Betty. You found nice. a Black Betty? Yeah. That's a song. Bam-balam. Bam-balam. <laughs> <laughs> bam, bam. <laughs> Whoa, bam. Bam, bam. Whoa, Black Betty. Bam, bam. Whoa, Black Betty. Bam, bam. We are fucked. We're just. <laughs> we are.
1: If hell is real, we go there. You know
3: it. <laughs> So, where are we at here? Stay where you are. Keep looking. Barney had a recollection of observing the humanoid figure. I read that. Sorry. Red lights on what appeared to be bat wing fins began to telescope out of the sides of the craft, and a long structure descended from the bottom. The silent craft approached to what Barney estimated was within 50 to 80 feet overhead and 300 feet away from them. Barney reported to the National Committee. On aerial phenomenon, also known as Nightcap, and, and uh, investigator Walter Webb, that the beings were somehow not human.
0: Walter Webb is an alternate
3: dimension Peter Parker. Yeah. Barney stated that he. <laughs> <laughs> Barney stated that he tore the binoculars away from his eyes and ran back to his car. In a near hysterical state, he told Betty, "They're going to capture us." He saw the object again, shift its location to directly above the vehicle. He drove away as fast as he could, telling Betty to look for the object. She rolled down the window and looked up. Almost immediately, the Hills heard a rhythmic series of beeping or buzzing noises, which they said seemed to bounce off the trunk of their vehicle.
0: You said the Hills heard? Yes. I thought the Hills had eyes.
3: (laughs) Oh, God, shoot me now. (laughs) Bang. Thank you. All right. Bang, bang. All right. So the car vibrated, and a tingling sensation passed through the hills.
1: <laughs> she had huge tracts of land.
3: <laughs> tingling sensation passed through the hills' bodies.
1: But father, I don't want huge tracts of land. <laughs> the hills
3: said that they then. Ex- I want to sing. The Hills said that they then experienced the onset of an altered state of consciousness that left their minds dulled. A second series of beeping or buzzing sounds. I'm just
1: crumbling uh,
3: Brought them. Uh, sounds returned the couple to full consciousness. They found that they had traveled nearly 35 miles south, but had only vague, spotty memories of this section of road. They recalled making a sudden, sharp, unplanned turn encountering a roadblock and observing a fiery orb in the sky. And yes, I said observing. Leave me alone. Wait, so this was in the sixties. They were how old from the pictures I saw? They were like in their maybe forties.
0: Okay. I was wondering if either of them were still alive, but I'm going to go ahead
3: and take a big leap and say no. No, they both died. Um, yeah, which I just realized. (gasps) What? (gasps) Oh, That's Fred and Wilma, that's not Betty and Barney. It isn't,
0: but it's close. You're closer. (laughs) You're closer than I got. I found found Black Fred and I found Black Betty. Bambalam. Yep.
3: (laughs) Arriving home at about dawn, the hills assert that they had some odd sensation and impulses they could not readily explain. Betty insisted their luggage be kept near the back door rather than in the main part of the house. Their watches would never work again. Barney said that the leather strap for his binoculars was torn, though he could not recall it tearing. The toes of his best dress shoes were scraped. Barney says he was compelled to examine his genitals in the...
1: There he is!
3: (laughs) All right, we found Black Barney. We found
1: the whole black crew, y'all. Yeah.
3: Pebbles and Bam Bam and... Wilma and um, Betty. Yeah. Somewhere
0: there is an old Republican man who loves the Flintstones, who is irate right now. And he doesn't know why
3: (laughs) (laughs) he's
1: rolling over in his actual grave.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So Barney says that he was compelled to examine his genitals in the bathroom, though he found nothing unusual. They took long showers. Oh,
0: shit. Hold on. One, two,
3: three. Okay, we're good. (laughs) They took long showers to remove possible contamination and each drew a picture of what they had observed perplexed the hills say that they tried to reconstruct the chronology of events as they witnessed the ufo and drove home but immediately after they heard the buzzing sounds their memories became incomplete and fragmented after sleeping for a few that's just adhd you guys you got overwhelmed <laughs> auditorily yeah. and i you- was
0: gonna say that's just overstimulation yeah recovering yeah yeah, yeah.
3: But immediately after, I said that, sorry, uh, after sleeping for a few hours, Betty awoke and placed the shoes and clothing she had worn during the drive into her closet, observing that the dress was torn at the hem, zipper, and lining. Later, when she retrieved the items from her closet, she noted a pinkish powder on her dress. She hung the dress on her clothesline, and the pink powder blew away, but the dress was irreparably damaged. Why did you hang it on the clothesline? To get the, let the air blow the pink powder off. To get rid of the evidence?
1: Right. Yeah. Because if it's irreparably
3: evidence. damaged. Yeah.
1: You can tell that even if it's fucking disgustingly dirty.
3: <laughs> she threw uh yeah, irreparably damaged. She threw it away but then changed her mind, retrieved the dress and hung it in her closet. Over the years, five laboratories have conducted chemical and forensic analysis on the dress.
1: That's wild actually.
3: Yeah. Was but, that real? Yeah. Real
1: laboratories. Yes. yes. On a real dress? Yes. Yep. Get the fuck
3: out of town. But the fact that it doesn't list what they found leads me to believe they found nothing.
1: They obviously. Yeah. So on September 21st. She had some goddamn crumbs or something. (laughs) She got too drunk at a party. Or maybe she
3: did get goddamn abducted, but it wasn't by aliens. (laughs) On September 21st, Betty telephoned Peace Air Force Base to report their UFO encounter. Though for fear of being labeled eccentric, she withheld some of the details. On September 22nd, Major Paul W. Henderson telephoned the Hills for a more detailed interview. Henderson's report, dated September 26, determined that the Hills had probably misidentified the planet Jupiter. This was later changed.
0: There it is, Josh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she wasn't that into astronomy. Mm-hmm.
3: This was later changed to optical conditions. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Optical condition inversion and insufficient. You know battle.
1: what I'm real sad about? What is that? They are both fucking badass and definitely con artists. <laughs> oh, yeah. Looking at the picture.
3: Yeah. Um, His report was forwarded to Project Blue Book, which is the UFO, U.S. Air Force UFO research project. I thought that was
1: the one that tells you how much your car is that's worth.
3: The Kelly Blue Book. No, I, agree. I know. OK, sorry.
0: Oh, here's sorry. Here's a younger picture of them. And he looks
1: so happy. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a mm-hmm. good picture. Yeah. yeah.
3: Within days of the encounter, Betty borrowed a UFO book from the local library. It was it had been written by retired Marine Corps Major Donald E. Kehoe, uh, who was also the head of NICAP, a civilian UFO research group. On September 26th... That's a superhero comic for certain. NICAP? Yeah. <laughs> that's,
1: like a, that's like a knockoff Justice League.
3: <laughs> so on September 26th, Betty wrote to Kehoe. She related the full story, including the details about the humanoid figures, that Barney had observed through binoculars. Holy shit! Um, sorry, no, that's probably a spoiler. <laughs> Betty wrote that she had Bar- that uh. she and Barney had, were considering hypnosis to help recall what had happened. Her letter was eventually passed on to Walter, oh, a Boston <laughs> astronomer and NICAP member. Hey, hey, do you guys know how how hypnosis works?
1: We're going to get into it in the Satanic Panic episodes, but it can it really is not good it (laughs) isn't a good thing that you shouldn't okay listen hypnosis is a real thing that only works if you believe it works and it's basically a more complicated version of meditation the type of hypnosis we're about to get into is the kind that's more like um priming right and um, implanting suggestions, almost Inception style, which is a thing we'll get into. It's a real thing that can happen. Um, so, yeah, it's about to be fucking wild. Guaranteed. It's when con artists meet
3: con artists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Webb met with the Hills on October Sorry.
1: 2- that's actually a great point, Josh. Thank you.
3: Hi- the hypnosis you're thinking about, that's con artist shit. Real hypnosis is like a therapy technique. Right. So, you know, so Webb met with the Hills on October 21st, 1961 in a six hour interview. The Hills related all they could remember of the UFO encounter. Barney asserted that he had developed a sort of mental block and that he suspected there were some portions of the event that he did not wish to remember. He described in detail that he could remember what he could remember about the craft and the appearance of the somehow not human figures aboard the craft based on the two pictures you showed me. Uh huh. I feel like it would be real sad, but also
1: kind of realistic if what actually happened was that they, you know, are living in the 60s as a, you know, as a biracial uh-huh. couple. And they really did get, like, abducted and, like, beaten and, you know, some trauma shit happened. Uh-huh. And thus their brains kind of blocked out some of it and they came up with like a shared delusion to cope with it instead. Possible. That's what I am afraid actually happened now.
3: So um, Webb stated that they were telling the truth and that the incident probably occurred exactly as reported except for some minor uncertainties and technicalities that must be tolerated in any such observations when human judgment is involved such as the exact time and length of of visibility, apparent size of the object and occupants, distance and height of objects, etc. Ten days after the alleged UFO encounter, Betty began having a series of vivid dreams. They continued for five successive nights. Never in her memory had she recalled dreams in such detail and intensity.
1: That sounds like a trauma dream.
3: But they stopped abruptly after five days and never returned. I don't know, man, because I've had some real
0: intense dreams myself. Like the one I told where I met the, the guy who played Mike in Breaking Bad, and he was my Uber driver. Yeah. yeah. I'm and not that was an saying, incredibly vivid dream. I'm not saying. I don't think it was a trauma dream. <laughs> I don't. Well,
1: uh, <laughs> hmm. I've uh, I've never I'm not saying that having fucking vivid ass dreams is like a thing. But it's the consecutive nights. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like that shit happened. But then, of course, they left and never came back. That's not trauma. That's a con artist. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) They occupied her thoughts during the day. When she mentioned them to Barney, he was sympathetic, but not too concerned, and the matter was dropped. Betty did not mention them to Barney again. However, in November of 1961, Betty began writing down the details of her dreams. In one dream, she and Barney encountered a roadblock.
1: I thought they only happened five times.
3: They did. She just started writing them down. Later? Yeah. Way later. Her memory of them, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, In one dream, she and Barney encountered a roadblock and men who surrounded their car. She lost consciousness but struggled to regain it. Then she realized that two small men were forcing her to walk in a forest at night and of seeing Barney walking behind her. She
1: got abducted by the Keebler elves. <laughs> oh my fucking God. <laughs>
3: Though when she called to him, he seemed to be in a trance or sleepwalking. The men stood about five feet to five foot four inches tall and were matching blue uniforms with caps similar to those worn by military cadets.
0: I see. It's based on the theory that Ruben just put forward. I was imagining uh, white uniforms with uh, pointed hats.
1: <laughs> uh, yep. They did get abducted by, like, a, a hybrid of a Smurf and a human.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They appeared nearly human with black hair, dark eyes, prominent noses, and bluish lips. Never mind. It's the drow. <laughs> Their skin was a grayish color. It's the drow! In
1: the dreams... That's dark elves for anybody who's not into D&D and or other fantasy media.
3: In her dream, In the dreams, Betty, Barney, and the men walked up a ramp into a disc-shaped craft of metallic appearance. Once inside, Betty and Barney were separated. She protested and was told by the man she called the leader that if she and Barney were examined together, it would take much longer to conduct the exams.
1: That does not make
3: sense. (laughs) Nope. Betty then dreamt that a new man, similar to the others, entered to conduct her exam with the, the leader. Betty called this new man the examiner and said he had a pleasant calm manner though the leader in the examiner spoke to her in english the examiner's command of the language seemed imperfect and she had difficulty understanding him where was the russians <laughs> <laughs> the examiner told betty that he could con- that he would conduct a few tests to note the difference between humans and the craft's occupants he seated her on a chair and a bright light was shown on her the man cut off a lock of betty's hair he examined her eyes, ears, mouth, teeth, throat and hands. He um s- what's that one song that you sing in preschool? It's like head, shoulders, knees and toes, yeah. knees and toes. That's the one. <laughs> he saved trimmings of her fingernails and after examining her legs and feet, the man used He a- took them. <laughs> the man used a dull knife similar to a to letter opener t- to take them away. <laughs> Uh, to scrape some of her skin onto what resembled uh, cellophane. He then tested her nervous system and he thrust a needle into her navel, which caused Ooh. Betty agonizing pain. Yeah. I know from experience that shit hurts. Yeah. They... I had a,
1: That's weird. That's
3: I, the weird part. Yeah. I had a nerve ablation done because I had a hernia Ooh. and um, basically the scar tissue from the hernia, hernia, hernia uh-huh. surgery grew around one of my nerves
1: that shit fucking hurts and i would just be
3: walking and it would feel like something started shocking me well a nerve ablation is where they go in and basically burn that nerve but in order to know where the nerve is they have to poke you they gotta fucking poke you until you're like it's
1: that one yeah
3: with a needle that's electrified yeah shocking you until they find that nerve and when they found that nerve I about came off that fucking table.
0: I bet
3: they could not use anesthesia. They couldn't dull it or anything. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I can say that hurts like hell. You literally had to go be tortured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I once it read it.
1: So here's the thing that I researched one time a long time ago, long time ago, being you know, five, six years. Um, I read a personal experience article Um, um about a guy who had done open heart surgery awake. Oh. Because they were allergic, like, severely allergic to the anesthesia. Uh-huh. And I looked it up, and that is a real fucking thing that happens. Yeah. So, like, they literally, they'll, like, do, like, a local anesthetic with, like, a topical or whatever kind that you can actually not die from. Uh-huh. Right. And then they fucking just open your ass up. They literally strap you down. And they tell you like, "Hey, just whatever sounds you gotta make, make them." And also, what's your favorite music? <laughs> yeah, because that's like music. Your favorite music actually does help as a like a dulling of a pain thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, the- I
0: can't even figure out what I want to listen to in the shower yeah. on a regular basis. Imagine trying to figure out what you want to
1: listen to I know while exactly you get what I would open. I know it. I would know exactly. I would pick. A selection of like about thirty-seven or twenty-seven um, System of a Down songs, <laughs> yeah. Because that's the only like because I fucking love System of a Down, but also because um, I would I would definitely want somebody to be screaming "fuck the system" as I'm getting my heart done, <laughs> yeah. As I'm awake, yeah. Like, and so this is my open heart surgery. Playlist. So, but then of course, like you do, you you. Some people pass out, some people don't from this. It just depends on your level of like pain tolerance and whether or not that's a defense mechanism your brain hops to in that moment or whatever. There are people who have tried to do surgery uh, while under hypnosis
0: rather than anesthesia as Mm -hmm. well.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's basically like there's a... Because anesthesia is like the only thing that that we know of that kind of really works, but also like a significant portion of the populace is severely allergic to the drugs they use to like put you to sleep there they had to come up with different ways to like save your life even if it fucking hurts
3: yeah yep so the needle in the navel caused Betty agonizing pain whereupon the leader waved his hand in front of her eyes and the pain vanished
1: sorry the one other thing that I read from that article was that like the guy who was in that surgery, of course, they survived the surgery, but this, this person passed out about halfway, like once uh-huh. they started cutting into ribs, they were like, yeah. I was out by then. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then they said, you know, when the nurse comes in later and they say, you know, tell, you know, when you, you have to do like a scale of one to 10 and then if you hit certain number, you should tell us and we'll give you pain meds uh-huh well he was like well i wasn't asking for pain meds at all and they were like are aren't you like in pain and he was like yeah every fucking day but it's it reset his pain level to, of to, like really yeah because uh, can you imagine what no. getting your chest no i cut
0: literally on? cannot my my brain can i fucking can't actually fathom no. it
1: And like, but I can imagine that if something like that or something very similar to that were to happen, Mm -hmm. it definitely would reset my pain levels. It would be like what I consider a 10 would is now maybe a fucking three or something. Yeah, it's I'm going
0: to I'm going to I'm going to be a stupid fucking stoner here and say that it's like that episode of South Park where uh, Cartman broke his sense of humor. And nothing was funny to him anymore because he saw the two people who had butts for faces.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's dumb as fuck, but I love it. But it's, you know, with severe excruciating pain.
3: Yeah. All right. So the examiner left the room and Betty engaged in conversation with the leader. She picked up a book with rows of strange symbols on the that the leader said she could take home with her. She also asked for where he came from, where he came and he pulled down an instructional map dotted with stars. In Betty's dream account, the men began escorting the hills from the ship when a disagreement broke out. The leader then informed Betty that she couldn't keep the book, stating that he had decided that the other men did not want her to even remember the encounter. Uh, Betty insisted that no matter what they did to her memory, she would one day recall the events. So, yeah. She was given a book, but then, uh, oh, no, you can't have this book. No. Sorry.
0: No, it's it's exactly like uh,
1: the story of Mormonism. The leader was really nice. He gave me a book, but then the other fuckheads wouldn't let me keep at
3: it. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he made me think of the Key and Peele skit. Um, Megan? Megan. Yeah. Megan. Yeah.
2: Megan. No.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that one. Yeah. Um, it's just you're, you made it so quiet that my ear barely caught it, <laughs> and I was like,
3: "She and Barney uh, were taken to their car, um, where the leader suggested that they wait to watch the craft's departure. They did so, then resumed their drive. On November twenty fifth, nineteen sixty. Why
1: would they tell you to watch them leave? because you you hate to see them go. Are they yeah. just that confident?
0: It's like, hey, by the way, you're going to want to watch you're this because I promise, this. sweetheart, you ain't never seen asses like listen, these.
3: Listen, listen, you're going to want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> so having read the webs,
1: it's like that one. Did I send you guys that on Pario, Marty, where it was like the it was like a, uh, send me a video of you doing this. And then it was like turning around and then pull, hiking your pants up real tight.
0: Uh, you send so much shit that yeah. we can never get through all. It's of it. fine.
1: <laughs> it's one of them where it's like. Then it's like, it's just send me a pic or a, a video of you, like, basically hiking your pants up so we can see your ass real good. Uh-huh. And then it was like, all of his friends that are girls were like, no, no, no. What the fuck? No. Hell no. And then in the middle of the video, it fucking smash cuts to all his guy friends. And every single one of them does it and sends him the video. <laughs> it's very good. I love
3: it. So on November 25th, 1960. 1960- but that's what the
1: aliens are doing, canonically.
3: Heard. <laughs> The Hills were again interviewed at length by NICAP members, this time C.D. Jackson and Robert E. Homan.
0: I am just picturing Hills every time you say the Hills. Yeah, I know. Same. <laughs> I am just picturing sentient
3: Hills. It,
1: no, I'm not. I'm, he says the Hills, and I'm like, oh yeah, the Hills. Have Oh no, the Hills, the yeah. fucking Rubbles. I got it.
3: <laughs> so having read Webb's initial report, Jackson and Homan had many questions for the Hills. One of their main questions was about the length of the trip. Now, what if they now seen now
1: with I'm, their eyes? That's I what I now I'm picturing <laughs> sentient Hills.
3: Nice. Although the Hills had noted they had arrived home later than anticipated, wow. um, and it says the 178-mile drive should have taken them about four hours.
1: What I'm sad about, too, is that they're definitely conning the only people that this con would have worked on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like a hobbyist who really believes in some crazy shit, which like if you want to believe in some weird shit, that's fine, but like don't allow yourself to get conned by people. Right. Don't allow people to use you just because you like a thing. Just because you believe that you can make it as a podcaster, don't let
0: people use you to promote their podcast.
1: No. No. More <laughs> like don't let don't let your dreams be memes, I think is what I'm
3: trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do it. Just do it. Um, but yeah, this 178 mile drive should, yeah. have, should, have taken, <laughs> should have taken about I four hours. I think we hours. broke him. Yeah. <laughs> they did not realize that they had arrived home seven hours after their departure from Colebrook. When Homan and Jackson noted the discrepancy to the hills, the couple had no explanation, a phenomenon that ufologists call missing time.
1: It is definitely just two
3: hills talking to each other yeah the hills claimed to recast or to recall almost nothing of the 35 miles of route u.s route 3 between lincoln and ashland
1: oh bro i do that shit all the time that's just (laughs) called dissociating
3: both claimed to recall an image of a fiery orb sitting on the ground that's tripping balls (laughs) betty and barney reasoned that it must have been the moon but holman and jackson informed them that the moon had set earlier in the evening yeah. I'm trying yeah, I'm trying to figure out how they thought the moon was sitting on the ground. It's the 60s, man. Yeah. True. So True.
0: they were actually just in, in ultra
3: tests. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, with the LSD and uh-huh. shit. Yeah.
3: So the subject of hypnosis came up.
1: Oh fu- that's actually yeah. plausible. Yeah. It, it kind of Not is, probable
3: actually. No, not but probable. plausible but it because he did plausible. work for the US Postal Service, so he was a government employee.
1: Shit.
0: Well, damn. Yeah. Oh, you're putting the pieces together. We've got our own TTO exclusive conspiracy <laughs> theory
3: now. Prove us wrong. So Barney was uh, Don't do that. Please. <laughs> God, I do not give a fuck. <laughs> So the subject of hypnosis came up and it was decided that it should be carried out in order to recover previously irretrievable memories. Barney was apprehensive, but thought it might help Betty put to rest what Barney described as the nonsense about her dreams.
0: I've just got to point out that's not how memories work.
3: Mm. Um, It is kinda.
0: Yeah? Because mm-hmm. I've always heard that like you can repress memories, but not well, especially hypnosis isn't going to retrieve repressed memories.
1: No. Not in the way that hypnosis con artists claim. The type of hypnosis that quote unquote reclaims memories is actually the type we'll be, talk- be talking about in the Satanic Panic, which is actually just priming and brainwashing, but in a yeah. very clinical way. Yeah. Where a, basically a quote unquote doctor convinces you that you remember something that you do not remember. Right. That did not happen.
0: Yeah, uh, Pin and Teller had a whole episode about it yeah. on their show, Bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. We um, just follow in the footsteps of great men. <laughs> true. <laughs> and Fuck, I also minds. Have they ever done anything terrible? God, I hope not. I don't think yeah, so, don't other than to be kind of a dick.
0: Yeah, well. Like, also, Pin could say something nice to you and still
3: sound like a dick.
1: Yeah. That's true.
3: So by February of 1962, the hills were making frequent weekend drives to the White Mountains, hoping that revisiting the site might spark some more memories. They were unsuccessful in trying to locate the site where they recalled seeing the fiery orb sitting in the road. However, they were able to eliminate several possible routes. They found what they claimed was the capture site on Labor Day weekend in 1965. Now, November 23rd, 1962, the Hills attended a meeting at the parsonage of their church where there was a guest speaker by the name of Captain Ben H. Sweat of the United States Air Force. That's Keith Sweat's dad. (laughs) Having had an interest in hypnosis, the Hills approached Sweat privately. I got to
1: look up what year Keith Sweat was born. Well, this is
3: spelled S-W-E-T-T.
1: You shouldn't have told me that, and I don't give a shit. I'm just going to look it up.
3: Uh, Having an interest in hypnosis, the Hills approached Sweat privately and related their strange encounter. Um, Sweat was particularly interested in the missing time of the Hills account.
0: Again, now it is just He was born
1: 1961.
3: (laughs) Who was? Keith Keith Sweat. Sweat. Nice. So now canonically.
1: This is Keith Sweat's dad (laughs) to me.
3: Just like, what was it? Robert Smalls Biggie Smalls' great, great, great grandfather. Mm -hmm. Yep. Fuck fuck what is it? Uh me myself. What is it? The DNA testing thing. oh 23 20 and twenty three and me. Me, and... myself and twenty-three, yeah. I think it's <laughs> <laughs> okay. So also
0: I just looked it up, couldn't find anything terrible that Pin Gillette's ever done. So oh, beautiful. What about Teller? I don't Teller's not even a real person.
3: So
1: <laughs> he definitely is. So... <laughs>
3: The Hills asked if the Hills asked if he would hypnotize them to recover their memories. But swe- I do know exactly what you mean, though.
0: <laughs> one of my favorite jokes from them is uh, it's like one of the only times you hear Teller speak. They were like on something else, and he like pulls someone aside. He's like, "Dude, stop fucking around. I'm not the first Teller, you know." <laughs> it fucking kills me to this day. Very good.
3: So, uh, blah, 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 blah. the hills asked if sweat would hypnotize them to recover their memories, but sweat declined and cautioned them against going to an amateur hypnosis such hypnotist I, such as himself.
1: You, I listen. I have a son, and I can't <laughs> fuck up on this. And I'm an amateur. Let me re, let me uh, refer you to my yeah. superior. Also,
0: this is large sentient hills having a conversation with
1: a bucket of sweat. It's Keith Sweat's dad, so that does make sense. <laughs> a bucket of sweat, though. Yeah, not like or a, a puddle, like a puddle of sweat. Yeah. I think, like a like a like a chrome block like on in a Fortnite gym right floor. Now. Yeah.
3: So on,
1: <laughs> it is definitely a puddle of sweat on a piece of basketball gym floor. Yes. Yeah.
3: So on September seventh, nineteen sixty three, Captain Sweat returned. <laughs> Captain Sweat. Yeah. And gave oh a my god! Now, f- now it's it has a, a hat. pilot's hat on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode is just going to be called Captain Sweat in the Sentient Hills. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great indie band name too. <laughs> fuck. fuck, fuck! Oh my god! Yeah, it is Captain Sweat in the Sentient Hills. They sound like
0: a combination of Mumford and Sons and Modest Mouse.
1: Oh, I was thinking of the the people who did the Edith Finch song. You know what I'm talking about? The you talk about the, the game, What Remains of Edith Finch? No. No, hold on.
3: So that's a fucking phenomenal video game. It's so, more of a visual
0: novel. But yeah. yeah.
3: So Captain Sweat returned and gave a formal lecture on hypnosis to a meeting at the Unitarian Church. After the lecture, the Hills told him that Barney was going to a psychiatrist, a Mr. Stevens, whom he liked and trusted. Captain Sweat suggested that Barney ask Stevens about the use of hypnosis in his case. When Barney next met with Stevens, he asked about hypnosis, and Steven referred the Hills to Benjamin Simon of Boston. The Hills first met Simon on December 14, 1963. Early in their discussions, Simon determined that the UFO encounter was causing Barney far more worry and anxiety than he was willing to admit. Oh, I'm sure. Though Simon dismissed the popular extraterrestrial hypothesis as impossible, it seemed obvious to him that the Hills genuinely thought that they had witnessed a UFO with human-like occupants. Simon hoped to uncover the, more about the experience through hypnosis. Simon began hypnotizing the hills on January 4th, 1964.
1: What? Just began hypnotizing the hills. It's Edith Whiskers is the name of the uh. musical artist. But I don't know how to describe the. I don't know
0: how you got Edith Finch. Did you even know that that game exists? Yeah, that's okay. probably why
1: I got mixed up.
0: Gotcha great 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 game visual novel about uh
3: familial trauma so he hypnoti- yeah it's real good he hypnotized betty and barney several times each uh i'm sorry several times each and the sessions lasted until june 6th of 1964 simon conducted the sessions on barney and betty separately so they could not overhear one another's recollections at the end Simon says, Tell me where the alien touched you. Fuck. <laughs> so at the end of each session, he would reinstate Simon amnesia. says, It's okay. It's okay.
0: <laughs> Simon says, It's okay to not be
3: okay. <laughs> so Simon hypnotized Barney first.
1: Simon says, Try not to use you statements. <laughs>
0: Simon Mm. says come back for one hour
3: a week. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. So Simon hypnotized Barney first. His recall of witnessing non-human figures was quite emotional, punctuated with expressions of fear, emotional outbursts, and incredulity. Yeah, I said that right, didn't I? Incredulity. Incredulity. I can do incredulous. Yeah, Yeah, but... Incredulity. Incredulity. Barney said that due to his fear, he kept his eyes closed for much of the abduction and physical examination. Based on these early responses, Simon told Barney that he would not remember the hypnosis sessions until he was certain he could remember them without being further traumatized.
1: That's
0: not how memory works. No, yeah, Yeah, you can't just take them away. Yeah, that's just like you can't be hypnotized to stop smoking. That's not going to be a thing. That's not how that works
1: you could probably be hypnotized to like feel sicker than normal if you smoke one too many or something yeah. maybe or you could but there's a be, pill for that you could probably be hypnotized
0: to start smoking uh, probably not i mean with a with a hard enough placebo if you believed it like if you if you went somewhere believing in hypnosis and then they were like, ha-ha, joke's on you. Now I'm going to hypnotize you to become a smoker. And you were like, no! And you believed it, then it would probably work.
1: That's a good idea for a movie. <laughs> there you
3: go. So under hypnosis, as was consistent with his conscious recall, Barney reported that the binocular strap had broken when he ran from the UFO back to his car. He recalled driving the car away from the UFO. They Listen, I did watch them leave, and God damn, though. Right? <laughs> If they told
1: us to watch him leave, and man, I'm uh, glad they did. Didn't believe him at first, but holy shit.
3: He Talk re- about rump. <laughs> <laughs> he recalled driving the car away from the UFO, but that afterwards, he felt irresistibly. <laughs> <laughs> what he witnessed was a UTO, an unidentified twerking object. Oh, <laughs> <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> We've infected him. Yep. Yep.
0: Like
1: a fucking Join STT. us.
3: One of us. One of us. Drink it's,
1: the coffee.
0: It's an unidentified, incredibly sexy
3: object. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's
1: an UST, an unidentified, unidentified
3: sex toy. <laughs> or UFO, an unidentified fine object.
0: <laughs> or right. unidentified fuckable object.
3: There you go. There it is. <laughs> so he recalled driving away from the UFO, but then afterwards he felt irresistibly compelled to pull off the road and drive into the woods. He eventually sighted six men standing in the dirt road The car stalled and three of the men approached the car They told Barney not to fear them They said look into this device (laughs) Straight up men in black It's been a normal Thursday night (laughs) He was still anxious however And he reported that the leader told Barney to close his eyes Don't like that (laughs) Barney felt a warming in his loin region no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some... Barney described... <laughs> it was so fucking quick. No. <laughs> Barney described the beings as generally similar to Betty's hypnotic, not dream, recollection. The beings often stared into his eyes, said Barney, with a terrifying, mesmerizing effect. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I was trying to do the saxophone one, but I started laughing halfway
3: through. <laughs> Under hypnosis, Barney said things like, oh, those eyes, they're there in my brain. From his first hypnosis session.
0: The brains have eyes? And
3: <laughs> I was told to- The cl- eyes have brains? I Well, was, yeah. I was told to close my eyes because I saw two eyes coming close to mine, and I felt the eyes had pushed into my eyes. You also you gotta, their lips. You gotta were stop reading
0: this like a like a romance novel. <laughs> I was gonna say,
1: <laughs> so their well toned, pillowy lips
3: brushed against mine, and all I see are these eyes. I'm not even afraid, and they're not connected to a body. They're just there. They're just up close to me, pressing against my eyes. Why does it sound like a romance novel? Uh,
0: it's because of how Don's reading it, and he knows what he's doing. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: Barney related that that he and Betty were taken into a disc-shaped craft where they were separated. He was escorted to a room by 3 of the men and told to lie on a small rectangular exam table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Barney's narrative of the exam was fragmented. He continued to keep his eyes closed for most of the exam. <laughs> a cup-like device was placed over his genitals. And though he he did not experience an orgasm though, Barney thought that a sperm sample had been taken. The men scraped his skin and peered in his hey, eyes. Hey,
1: Barney. Um, <laughs> in this day and age, <sighs> we just call that a flashlight. TM. <laughs> you want to talk about being ahead of their time. I'm
0: telling you. <laughs> oh the aliens got to Earth and they were like,
1: yo. You know, they don't even have fleshlights yet. Bro, you (laughs) got to try this shit out. (laughs) Uh,
3: The men scraped his skin. This one? This one vibrates, bud. Uh, The men scraped his skin and peered in his ears and mouth. A tube or cylinder was inserted into his anus and quickly removed. A few times? (laughs) It doesn't say. Uh, Someone felt his spine and seemed to be counting his vertebrae. What about the gerbil? No. No, that was the guy's name. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I am Gerbil from the planet Glornock. I will be inserting this in you today. While Betty reported a conversation with the leader in English, Barney said that he heard them speaking in a mumbling language he did not understand. Betty also mentioned this detail. The few times they communicated with him, Barney said it seemed to be thought transference. At the At that time, he was unfamiliar with the word telepathy. Both Betty and Barney stated that they hadn't observed the being's mouth moving when they communicated in English with him. He recalled being escorted from the ship and taken to his car. In a daze, he watched the ship leave. Barney remembered a light appearing on the road. He said,
1: day yum. <laughs>
3: uh, he, he remembered Even a light. the
1: ship had a fine ass.
3: Yeah. <laughs> he recalled. Yeah. He was like, I don't know what's better. That or the Mothman. <laughs> Shit. Barney remembered a light appearing on the road and he said, "Oh no, not again."
1: The Mothman returns." <laughs> he recalled Betty's... the
3: brown man returns." <laughs> <laughs> he recalled Betty's speculation that the light might have been the moon, though the moon had set several hours earlier. He also stated that he attempted to produce the code code-like, bu- code-like buzzing sounds which seemed to strike the car's trunk a second time by driving from side to side and stopping and starting the vehicle. His attempt was unsuccessful. Under hypnosis, Betty's account was similar to her five dreams about the UFO abduction, with some notable differences mainly pertaining to her capture and release. Also, the technology of the craft was different. The short men differed significantly in physical appearance, and the sequential order of the abduction differed. Barney's and Betty's memories in hypnotic regression were, however, consistent with one another. Betty exhibited considerable... All that
1: means is they got their story straight.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Because exhibit- this is
1: like 1965 at this point.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Betty exhibited considerable emotional distress when recounting her capture and examination. Simon ended one session early because tears were flowing down her cheeks.
1: Simon says, we're going to take the rest of the day off. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Simon gave Betty the post-hypnotic suggestion that she should she could sketch a copy of the star map that she later described as a...
1: Post-hypnotic subge- suggestion is something you should fucking take note of for the satanic panic (laughs) yeah uh
3: that she later described as a three-dimensional projection similar to a hologram though the map she saw had many stars she drew only those that stood out in her memory her map consisted of 12 prominent stars connected by lines and three lesser ones that formed a distinctive excuse me distinctive triangle she said that she was told the stars connected by solid lines formed trade routes whereas dashed lines were to less-traveled stars. So she's literally bringing up the triangle trade. This is just
1: a StarCraft mod that you can download (laughs) for free
0: today from NexusMods.com, who don't sponsor us
3: yet. So the Hills went back to their regular lives. They were willing to discuss uh, the alleged UFO encounter with friends, family, and the occasional UFO researcher. (coughs) Also the
1: FBI, anybody in a suit.
3: Yeah, the Hills apparently made no effort to speak public uh, to seek publicity. <laughs> On October twenty fifth, nineteen sixty five, a pr- front page story in the Boston Traveler asked UFO chiller: Did they seize couple? Reporter <sighs> eight reporter John, no! John H. Luttrell of the Traveler had allegedly been giving an audio been given an audiotape recording of the lectures the Hills had made in Quincy Center in late nineteen sixty three. Latrell learned that the Hills had undergone hypnosis with Simon and also obtained or he also obtained notes from confidential interviews the Hills had given to UFO investigators. On October 26, United United Press International picked up Latrell's story and the Hills earned international attention. The 1996 publication of Interrupted Journey by John G. Fuller details much of the Hills' claims. Excerpts from the book were published in Look Magazine, and the book went on to sell many copies and greatly publicized the Hill's account. In 1968, Marjorie Fish of Oak Hill, Ohio, read Fuller's book, Interrupted Journey. Fish was an elementary school teacher and amateur, amateur astronomer. Intrigued by the star map, Fish wondered if it might be deciphered to determine which star system the UFO came from. I found a couple Secretly. of pictures of them holding that book. Secretly in...
1: To black dudes.
3: <laughs> uh, Assuming that one of the 15 stars on the map must represent Earth's sun, Fish constructed a three-dimensional model of nearby sun-like stars, i.e. stars deemed to have characteristics that could support life such as that found on Earth. Using thread and beads basing stellar distances on those published in the 1969 Gleese Star Catalog, Studying thousands of vantage points over several years, the only one that seemed to match the hill uh, match the hill map was from the viewpoint of the double star system of Zeta Reticuli, which is about 39 light years from Earth.
1: Here we get into the pseudoscience bit of the story where people make assumptions
3: and then find things
1: that support their assumptions kind yes. of on purpose. <clears throat> so Fish sent her analysis to Webb. And then we're gonna we're gonna be like the they have to be from over here. Well, why? Right. Why is the star have to be the sun?
3: Yeah, she made well, an assumption to even start. This is what I'm saying. Sun-like stars. Yeah, but that, she said no, assuming no, no. that one of those stars had to be the Earth's. Sun.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she yeah, basically so that kept makes no matching up fucking. Points on the map, yeah. The quote unquote map, uh huh. The drawing that. This, well, because it was a
0: rudimentary drawing, from what I understand, too. She only drew ones that stood out to her, right? So there's less that you have to match up.
3: Yeah, yeah. So Fish sent her analysis to Webb, agreeing with her conclusions. Webb sent the map to Terrence Dickinson. Webb was from uh, uh, NICAP.
1: Also, this is a recreation of a map she saw in a dream. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, Allegedly.
3: Uh-huh. So uh, he sent the map to Terence Dickinson, who was the editor of the magazine Astronomy. Dickinson did not endorse Fish and Webb's conclusions, but for the first time in the journal's history, Astronomy invited comments and debate on a UFO report. Starting with an opening article in the December 1974 issue, for about a year afterward, the opinions page of- We a, found it. What? We found the exact moment
1: in time when our culture began to fall apart. <laughs> By allowing debate and comments.
3: About UFOs specifically. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, for about a year afterward, the opinions page of Astronomy carried arguments for and against Fish's star map.
1: It would have been it would have been whichever magazine and or newspaper or publication invited public opinion surveys first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. God, that's probably way, way further back.
1: Mm-hmm. I would guess it started around 1604, somewhere in England. <laughs> that's a good guess.
3: So, um, yeah, so for about a year afterwards, blah, blah, blah. Notable was an argument. A year. Yeah. Notable was an argument made by Carl Sagan and Steven Soder. Arguing that the star map was little more than a random alignment of chance points. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. In an episode of Cosmos in 1980, Sagan demonstrated that without the lines, billions and billions. Sorry. Uh, Sagan demonstrated that without the lines drawn in the maps, the hill map bore no resemblance to the real life map. A pale blue dot. In contrast, those more favorable to the map, such as David Saunders, a statistician who had been on the Condon UFO study, disagreed. Saunders... Oh, wow, no way. The guy who believes in UFOs disagreed with the guy who does science for a career? I can't believe it. Saunders claimed that a match among 16 stars of the specific spectral type among the 1,000 stars near the sun is at least 1,000 to 1 against. In the early 1990s, the European Hippar- Hipparchos, which stood for High Precision Parallax Collecting Satellite uh, Mission, which measured the distances to more than 100,000 stars around the sun more accurately than ever before, showed that some of the stars and Fish's interpretation of the map were in fact much farther away than previously thought. What I miss?
1: Nothing. Okay. Uh, Cat screwed the
3: grinder too tight. Moment.
0: Oh. And had to bring it up here for me to unscrew it like it was a
3: a jar of pickles. It was all around
1: the most wholesome thing I've seen.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Other research revealed that some stars counted by fish as likely to host life would have had to have been excluded by her own criteria, while some other stars which had been discounted by fish have been recognized as potential abodes for life. Results such as these led fish herself to reject her hypothesis in a public statement. So captured the Betty and Barney Hill UFO experience. There's an exclamation I point.
1: thank you. <laughs> I, I've been waiting because yeah. I, was, I was trying to make that exact joke every time you've said a title. Yep. And like it just hasn't worked. And thank you.
3: All right. So the Betty and Barney Hill UFO experience by Betty Hill's niece and founder of the Mutual UFO Network. Kathleen Marden further explored Fuller's themes along with scientist Stanton D. Friedman. Martin knew Betty well and had spoken with her at great length about the encounter. She examined the historical records and scientific reports pertaining to the case and transcribed the Hill's hypnosis sessions with Benjamin Simon for her detailed comparative analysis. Psychiatrists later suggested that the supposed abduction was a hallucination brought on by the stress of being an interracial couple in the early 1960s United States.
1: Uh, you know what?
0: I t- <laughs> I'm not going to deny that that's a stressful thing, but I don't think that it made them think that they were abducted by aliens. Unless in conjunction
1: with the hypothesis that you came up with earlier. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. I was like, lots of harassment, plus the stress, plus possibly one worse than normal incident. Like, you both get beat up in an alley or something. And, uh, yeah. Potentially...
3: Aliens instead. Because I'm sure even in New North New Hampshire, I'm sure when you're driving in the mountainous, wooded regions of the area, I'm sure there's a lot of you ain't from around here type people still lurking in the shadows. They live... They didn't absolutely. even lurk in the shadows in the 60s. Oh, yeah. They were, yeah, wide out in the open.
0: It's We're also not giving enough credit to the the theory that they were just mk ultra experiments that is true and that they, that they were dosed at because they they were coming back you, and from you where? know what the more vermont. i think about it from, from vermont yeah. or north niagara falls niagara falls region yeah yeah so and he not was a government vermont. employee he got drugged yeah and uh they were on their way back they got picked up they got some experiments done on him because they were fucking blasted on military-grade LSD. <laughs> and, and you know
1: what makes this more likely to me? The fact that they are an interracial couple. Yeah. Because that's who you would have targeted back in the 60s yeah. for some shit that might kill a motherfucker.
3: Oh, yeah. My God, did we just break a story here? Probably yes! not. Ages yes, ages <laughs> ago. But yes. I know. But you heard it here first.
1: Yeah, th- no, those documents have been released by now, for
3: sure. <laughs> This is an odd man out production, and all theories are property of odd man out. <laughs> so, uh, Betty discounted the suggestion, uh, noting that her relationship with Barney was happy and their interracial marriage caused no notable problems with their friends or family.
1: Mm, that's bullshit because, <laughs> um, my parents got married in the 90s and there were
3: plenty
1: of problems.
3: So, as noted in the interrupted journey, Simon thought that the hills married who said that, uh, Betty.
1: Okay, that's more believable. Betty may not have noticed
3: yeah. the problems. As noted in the interrupted journey, Simon thought that the Hill's marital status had nothing to do with the UFO encounter. So- I'm
0: I'm just gonna throw it out there. I just looked it up and MK Ultra was still very active in
3: 1961.
0: Oh well, I'm sure. They didn't they didn't uh-huh. shut it down completely until 74. They reduced God the scope damn. of it. they reduced the scope of it in 64 and 67. And then finally shut it down completely in 74. Wow. What were they even trying to do? Uh brainwash create kinda. Manchurian candidates, basically. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, that trying to make people more pliable in interrogations. Um mm-hmm. yeah. yeah.
3: So we can disrule the marital status thing because Simon yeah. thought that the Hills had nothing that had nothing to do with it. So Simon said the marital status had nothing to do with the UFO encounter. So Truth. yeah. So Jim McDonald, I don't believe
1: Simon, but I mean, he did say it. So. Yeah. A
3: resident of the area in which the Hills claim to have been abducted has produced a detailed analysis of their journey, which concludes that the episode was provoked by their misperceiving an aircraft warning beacon on Cannon Mountain as a UFO.
1: I forgot we started the story on Cannon Mountain. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: McDonald noted that from the road the Hills took, the beacon appears and disappears at exactly the same time the hills describe the ufo as appearing and disappearing the remainder of the experience is ascribed to stress sleep deprivation and false memories quote-unquote recovered under hypnosis after reading mcdonald's recreation ufo expert robert schaefer writes that the hills are the poster children for not driving while sleep deprived Fuck. brutal yeah (laughs) mcdonald's article focuses primarily on the hills observation of the light in the sky and the timing of the journey discounting the hills accounts of close encounters such as south of cannon mountain as recovered memories skeptical Enquirer columnist robert schaefer wrote i was president at the national ufo conference in new york city in 1980 at which at which betty presented some of the ufo photos she had taken She showed what must have been far more than 200 slides, mostly of blips, blurs, and blobs against a dark background.
1: Thank you. Oh, my God, please. There is a fucking ghost tour in St. Augustine, Florida, where orbs will show up if you take a picture through this certain window. Yeah. And did you know that you can recreate those same exact fucking orbs with a piece of glass that is somewhat see-through? And goddamn, a flashlight. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
3: or even your flash.
1: It's just about, it's just about the angle that the light reflects back into the camera lens. That's (laughs) it. It's explainable and reproducible by a child, and yet people spend money to go do this thing. Yeah, I hate going on
3: ghost tours. I don't like ghost tours. There's Uh, one that actually takes you into like the old jail at night alone. That's kind of cool.
1: I like historical tours. Yeah. I do right. not like ghost tours. I will take a historical tour where they're dressed up as people from the past any day. Kind of like ghost when they tour, do like Dickens on Center type stuff. Yeah, you know? exactly. I fucking hate ghost tours. I am not into them. I don't just because they're too hokey. <laughs> See, and I
0: not like enough that history the, in there. The hokeyness is what I like about them. They're very just goofy-
3: Kitschy little experiences. There was a cool we did a couple back in the day. Cindy took me on a couple for my birthday one year in St. Augustine. One was called Ghosts and Gravestones. That's the one that takes you into the old jail and they set it up where there's a guy. That's the one where almost killed the old lady. Yeah, yeah. You told me about that. And then there was one, I forget what it was called now, ships spirits of the sea or something like that, where they actually take you out on a boat into the harbor. Uh huh. and tell you stories ghost stories in the harbor but you're on a boat at night it's beautiful you know you see this so light. now
1: those do sound cool because they sound like local history story time right disguised yeah disguised as a ghost tour right that's fine i don't like the ones that are just a ghost tour that it's just like Ooh, spooky a graveyard. Ooh, spooky fucking orbs in your camera.
0: See, it's I hate the orbs because it's stupid, but
1: I do love the ooh, spooky a graveyard. Like I'm into that. that. I don't like it. So I was I was the kind of goth kid who'd literally hung out in a graveyard. Oh yeah. Like, I just, it ain't that spooky to me at all, and I don't understand it. your
0: sister, and her husband took a Ouija board to a couple of cemeteries here on the island.
1: Yeah, bud! It's so fucking fun! Yeah. You don't
3: summon spirits of the dead, by the way. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't really work like that. Check out our episode on Ouija boards and the Zozo Demon. Uh, so going back to those pictures, uh, he it's said, actually,
0: it's, I was so disappointed when I found out that you could not, in fact, summon demons with a Milton Bradley toy.
3: Yeah, I know. How horrifying, you know, who would have thunk it? I know a toy that was for eight and up or was it 12 and up? I think it's eight and up, eight eight up, up yeah, because, you know, God forbid your kids watch Hocus Pocus, too. But, you know, let it, them play with a Ouija board.
0: If you have been alive for seven years and 363 days, you're not it's, allowed to summon. Not demons. for
3: you. but you get two more days
1: no 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 it's one more day plus one quarter of a day
3: yeah yeah, i was gonna say it's like 0.24 or whatever yeah Yeah. hail satan anyways so he says these were supposed to be ufos coming in close chasing a car landing etc after her talk had exceeded (laughs) about twice it's allotted time mama what is zozo <laughs> <laughs> After her talk had exceeded about twice its allotted time, Betty was literally jeered off the stage by what had been at first a sympathetic audience. This incident, ri- witnessed by many of uf- Ufology's leaders and top activists, removed any yeah. lingering doubts about Betty's credibility. I've been
0: waiting for that word and for Ruben's reaction to it. What, Ufologist? <laughs> yep. <laughs> because I was betting that Ruben did not know that there was a word for that.
3: I'm not sure if it's pronounced ufologist or ufologists. It's, it's ufologists yeah. in yeah.
1: English for sure. <laughs> and I got to say something about it. And that is, while the word does make sense linguistically, it is acoustically displeasing to yep. me. <laughs> and
3: I hate
1: it. Mm-hmm.
3: And so, what it represents. Yeah. So, uh, So, yeah, the incident removed any lingering doubts about Betty's credibility. She had none. no fucking way (laughs) if if uh, if you are a person who calls yourself a ufologist
1: fuck you first of all what but if you're a person who like studies ufos for fun and it's like a cool thing that you think is like the history of the whatever the fuck it's a hey neat great cool Ufologist implies a seriousness that is
0: not a thing. Ufologist implies a nasty divorce.
1: Ufologist implies college debt. (laughs) And you did not go to college for that.
3: Yeah. So fuck off. (laughs) So where the hell is? Okay. In 1995, Betty Hill authored a self-published book, A Common Sense Approach to UFOs. It is filled with delusional stories, such as seeing entire squadrons of UFOs in flight and a truck levitating above the freeway.
1: I believe that one.
3: Sure. Schaefer. (laughs) Why not? Yeah, exactly. Schaefer later wrote that as late as 1977, Betty Hill would go to. And
1: that's the exact problem with these stories. It's like, sure. Why the fuck not? Right. (laughs) Like, exactly.
3: She would go on UFO vigils at least three times a week. One evening, she was joined by a UFO enthusiast, John Oswald. When asked about Betty's continuing UFO observations, Oswald stated. Patton
1: Oswald's
3: dad? Yes. Uh, Os- Oswald, Andor brother?
0: No, he's Oswald. Yeah, with a oh, T. Oh, right, right, right. right. I was going to say the name Oswald to me just implies shittiness. Evil. Yeah. Evil. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't even know exactly what it is, but because of
3: uh Spider-Man.
0: Oh no, I was going to say if anything it's uh Oswald Mosley who was the founder of the British Union of Fascists.
3: Oh, I was thinking of uh Oswald the leader of Odscore. I thought he was Osman. I
1: thought it was Osborne. Osborne. Os-born. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah.
3: Okay. Fine. <laughs> A lot of Oz names. Yeah. Uh, so he stated that she's not really seeing UFOs, but she is calling them that on the night they went out together.
2: <sighs>
3: UFO, unidentified
1: flying object. If I throw a fucking rock at your face and you can't tell it's a rock, that's a UFO. <laughs> that's <laughs> get the fuck out of my fa- If you see a bird up in the sky and it doesn't actually look like a bird. You can't identify what it is, but you see it's flying. That's uh-huh. everything.
0: That's why, like, the Area 51 stuff always gets me, is people are like, I've seen UFOs at Area 51. I'm like, yes, you have, because they are testing classified military flying things. You are not supposed to be able to identify them. They are classified. They are testing them. You're... Yes, they are by definition exactly unidentified flying objects.
1: It's, it's literally the, the fucking phrase means you look up in the fucking sky, you see something moving, and you're like, I wonder what that
3: is. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> so Oswald stated she's not really seeing. Okay. On the night they went out together, Mrs. Hill was unable to distinguish between a landed UFO and a streetlight, he said. In a later interview, Schieffer recounts that Betty Hill... Yes.
1: That's because there is no difference between a landed UFO and a streetlight.
3: <laughs> the I-
1: only difference between those two things is um, some sort of mind-altering effect,
3: like drugs or sleep deprivation or drugs. <laughs> so in a later interview, Schieffer recounts that Betty Hill wrote, UFOs are a new science, and our no. science cannot explain them.
1: That's because it's not fucking science.
3: Robert Schieffer released forty-eight pages of archived documents relating to Betty and Barney Hill, Benjamin Simon, and Philip J. Class on the internet on December twenty-third, two thousand fifteen. In his nineteen-ninety article, entirely unpredisposed, Martin too close to the year of my birth for this to be comfortable for me. <laughs> uh, Martin Kotmyer suggested that Barney's memories revealed under hypnosis might have been influenced by an episode of the science fiction television show The Outer Limits, titled The Bolero Shield, which was broadcast about two weeks before Barney's first hypnotic session. The episode featured an extraterrestrial with large eyes who says, in all the universes, in all the unities beyond the universes, all who have eyes have eyes that speak. The report from the... I knew it. I knew it. I I get it. it.
1: I get it. Yours are doing it now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I get it now.
3: Yeah. Uh, the report from the regression featured a scenario that was, in some respects, similar to the television show. It's,
1: it's, you know, every time you say, oh, yeah, Ruben's eyebrows are doing a thing. Oh, uh-huh. that's, that's that. That's that. Yeah. Kotmeyer wrote. Except for, like the window to the soul version. Yeah. 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 Uh,
3: Kotmeyer wrote, wrap around eyes are an extreme rarity in science fiction films. I know of only one other instance. They appeared on the alien of an episode of an old TV series, The Outer Limits, titled The Bolero Shield. A person familiar with Barney's sketch in The Interrupted Journey and the sketch done in collaboration with the artist David Baker will find a frision of deja vu creeping up his spine when seeing this episode. The resemblance is much abetted by an absence of ears, hair, and nose on both aliens. Could it be by chance? Consider this. Barney first described the drew the wraparound eyes during the hypnosis session dated 20, February 22nd, 1964. The Bolero Shield was first broadcast on February 10th, 1964.
0: Oh my God. Their dog was a dachshund.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. I will
1: say this. That's creepy to me. What?
3: Did they have a dachshund?
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> Why? Because my parents have a fucking dachshund.
3: Oh. oh. You need to talk to your parents. They didn't have a second life you don't know about.
1: I'm telling you, Holy it was shit. all a part of the 80s. They got reincarnated into the bodies of my actual parents. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Anyway, that's bullshit. But anyway, um, uh, hey, listen, this is exactly why hypnosis doesn't work. And also, it implies that the only aliens this man had ever
3: seen were on TV. Yeah. Yeah. If the identification is admitted, the commonness of wraparound eyes in the abduction literature falls to cultural forces. When a different researcher asked Betty about... Yeah, the- dude.
1: <clears throat> a strange otherworldly creature with large eyes and weird like, skin colors and ear shapes have been abducting us since the days before written language. And we just called them like the gods or the fae or something. Dude, it's the same...
3: Aliens are just American, the Feywild. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, When a different researcher asked Betty about the Outer Limits, she insisted she had never heard of it. Kottmeyer also pointed out that some motifs in the Hill's accounts were present in the 1953 film Invaders from Mars. A careful analysis of Barney's description of the non-human entities that he observed reveals significant similarities between the Bifrost Man and Barney's descriptive details one must also consider barney's conscious continuous recall of the entities he observed on the hovering craft they were dressed in black shiny uniforms and were somehow not human barney died of a cerebral hemorrhage on february 25th I'm 1969 i'm literally
0: fucking sitting here trying to figure out how he died because earlier i found out that he died in 1969 he yeah. was
3: only 48 he was 46 years old so he died you of- know what now
1: i'm thinking what a cerebral hemorrhage mean your brain bleeding. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was only
0: eight years later.
1: Uh-huh. Um, I'm not saying shit like that doesn't happen randomly, but I am saying that it is usually there are warning signs that perhaps in the 60s and or 50s, we were unable to detect properly. Yeah. And perhaps... Just maybe a combination of marrying a white woman in the 60s and and also, you know, like I said earlier, like maybe this man had an actual hallucination based on some shit he saw on TV. Right. And his wife also was crazy,
0: <laughs> even if it was just something that he caught while flipping channels yeah. or something. You know, maybe he switched past the outer limits real quick and he caught that like frame. Well, of the no, alien. the uh,
3: the alien that episode was 12 days before he was hypnotized not before oh. the actual incident
0: okay got well i mean being hypnotized yeah. to you know maybe he still That's why i said it, it only mm.
1: implies that like i'm saying that they were listen they had come up with a con uh-huh that tv show came out they scheduled an appointment they got the appointment and fucking all the only aliens for visual reference that he had were those aliens yeah i'm not saying that they made it up after you know within that 12 days or whatever right but like you know what i'm saying the fact that they did not seek press anything or whatever until 64 ish Uh uh-huh tells me that they were like oh aliens are big now let's fucking do that thing we were trying to do into Right. Well, we 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 sowed
0: we planted the seeds mm-hmm. and we can we can maybe harvest a little bit here.
1: And even if they if 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 he came to believe it, I would be willing to bet some brain shit was going down. Yeah. If she came to believe it, I would be willing to bet some other types of brain shit was going down. I don't uh-huh. know. <laughs> maybe so- it was MK Ultra.
3: I don't fucking know. Yeah. So after Barney died, Betty went on to become a celebrity, celebrity in the UFO community. She died of cancer on October 17th, 2004, at the age of 85, never having remarried.
1: I, you know what? I'm kind of willing to believe that he had hallucinations. Sure. And she was a con artist. And
0: she was like, wait, Barney, you might have just done something.
1: Yeah. And then it didn't work in a local sense Uh uh-huh and so when aliens became popular they found the most widely known hypnotist they could find yeah
3: and what he said goes exactly (laughs) everything he says you do
1: because if he's good at his job that's how what a post-hypnotic suggestion works
3: Mm -hmm. yeah Well, that takes us out of the story. Um, Our first alien related story won't be the last.
0: Amazes me that it took
1: over a year.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what you can come up with when you're struggling to find subjects to talk (laughs) about. It's
1: it's interesting to me that this particular alien story is sort of a blending of all of the types of alien stories. Well, that was the first one. Yeah. So
3: all the other stories probably fed off of that one. That's what I'm saying, it's,
1: yeah. or kind of what I'm saying. It's yeah. like it's it's just very interesting that you can't like I literally I can say it didn't fucking happen because it didn't fucking happen. Right. It's so it should be self evident
3: that this did not happen. We
0: hold these truths to be self evident.
3: Stop. We had to to the That all men are
1: created equal.
3: Work, work. <laughs> Angelica.
1: Anyway. <laughs> um. Eliza and, and Peggy. Peggy. <laughs> and Betty, <laughs> Bam lamb
2: <laughs> uh, God damn it! <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh shit. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it is it's interesting to me that we did this one first because it is like a conglomeration of all the reasoning that somebody it, like basically it's the beginning of tabloid. Right coverage, yeah. It's uh, you know National Enquirer type. Yep. It's the beginning of somebody trying to get famous off of oh, there's I want to get famous like as a kidnapped victim, but also I don't want anybody to get actually in trouble, kind of thing. Right. I don't want like the police to be involved. Right. And and then like I don't know. It's like it's like and also the dude died of a brain thing. And also she was clearly a con artist. Yeah. And like also both hypnotists that they talked to were clearly con artists. Yeah. And like As 99.8% of hypnotists are. It was it was just a weird mishmash of all the fucking bullshit that goes into an alien story nowadays, you know?
3: Well, all right. On that note, uh you know the routine by now why do we keep repeating it because we have to yeah like follow share subscribe follow us on um facebook.com facebook.com tto pod thank you my brain locks up sometimes if you like what we do and you can support us financially we have a patreon Patreon
1: patreon.com slash two towns over you gotta search. You gotta put it in the URL. You can't search us. We're explicit. You can search it on Google. You I can
3: search you know, it on Google, up, but yeah. you can't go to Patreon and type in Two times Over. Yeah, we will not appear. We have an Audible link, which is audibletrial.com slash tto pod. Uh, if you put in our, if you use that code, uh, you get, a, get you get a free book. Yep, you get a free book. Um, I recommend anything by that's read by Michael Kramer. That's not the guy from Seinfeld. No. Okay. That was Cosmo Kramer, which brings it back to s- space. There you go. Sort of.
1: <laughs> Michael Kramer is maybe the best narrator to ever narrate the book. Yeah. Uh,
3: we also have a Teespring, which has a few T shirts and coffee mugs. Uh, the link for that will be in the show description. Um and as you've heard, Ru- Ruben, I call you Rumor for some reason. You know what? <laughs>
0: As you've heard rumor explain.
3: As you've as you've heard rumor explain all through this episode, we are very closely getting to the point that we are gonna start our Satanic Panic series. Yes. The plans for that right now is to start that on January first of two thousand twenty
0: three. So the episode that you will hear on January first will be the first in what is going to be Multi-month series. It's going to be a very long series where we are going to do Satanic Panic through the ages,
1: through the years. It's
0: it's going to be real. Fun we're we're me. going right from. It's going to be very the, fun for me. The <laughs> very roots of the Satanic Panic in the Spanish Inquisition, all the way up to nobody expects it. QAnon is the modern day
3: QAnon, dude. QAnon, yeah, canon. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but so that will start on january 1st so and
0: then we're i think probably we'll see we'll see how we're gonna do it, but i think we're gonna follow that up with you know we're gonna start
3: doing something else that's gonna be pretty cool right after that yeah so um having said all that actually what's gonna happen we're gonna do the satanic panic uh series and then we're done uh we're no. gonna turn into yeah we are no. yeah we are yeah yeah we are
1: yeah we're gonna turn into three towns Did Simon over? say? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, fuck. It's uh, a mandate. Actually, what
3: we're gonna we're gonna turn this into a YouTube channel where we just do reactions. Uh, <laughs> we don't expound on them. We literally just watch them and say, "If you like watching me watch this, yeah." Uh, yeah.
1: We don't really react that much because we all do have ADHD, so we just like really be staring at screens. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. I'm counting the
3: pixels on my phone. Is <laughs> <Yeah. 'cause laughs> all that's really happening. And then yeah, and then the most you'll get out of one of us at the end is like,
0: uh. it's a it's a nose laugh. It's the <laughs> <laughs> you guys both nose laughed at that too so yeah, that's yeah. how you know it's real
3: <laughs> no, we have yeah. some other things in the pipeline we're not changing just because we're doing a series literally what's going to happen is it, you're not going to really notice a huge difference except that everything that we deal with
1: we're going to get a new opening that's pretty much it for you
3: yeah um but it's still going to be t- two towns over still going to be campfire stories Still going to be midweek episodes like normal. It's just they're all going to be focused around different facets of satanic panic. Uh, like like Josh said, we're going to start with the Spanish Inquisition. We're going to go to the Salem Witch Trials. We're going to talk about Anton LaVey and the Church of Satan. We're going to talk about Aleister Crowley. We're going to talk about the McMartin Preschool debacle. And we are going to dive hardcore because it is something, probably the thing that got me into true crime. Uh-huh because I was the age of the people involved and I was not there but I was around when it happened. Right. We're going to discuss in great detail the West Memphis 3. Um and
0: it's there there's going to be a lot of this like you're going to hear Don's going to do some of the scripts, I'm going to do some of the scripts, Ruben's going to do nothing. You're get writing from both of us. <laughs> you don't know that.
3: Okay.
1: Ruben's going to hijack a whole episode at some
3: mm-hmm.
0: point and
1: turn it into i do have some very i i ha- was hardcore into some very specific aspects
3: of the satanic panic for a oh, while yeah. so he's gonna hijack the D D episode you know that
0: oh that's for sure
1: yeah i'm just gonna weigh in on that one <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually thinking about writing the one for the hypnotism and and like if you want to that type of shit because i would
3: love for you to take something off my hands
1: it's it's, it's fucking it's wild those stories are crazy
3: you just need to when you do that. You just need to look at. You don't have to read the book. but Just look at Michelle remembers because mm. that was like the start of yeah that. Okay, well, like three people are
0: still sticking around at this point, so we'll, yeah, yeah. We know you guys don't listen to the. We end have now. analytics now, yeah. so well, hold on. We don't. We don't need to bitch right now because the people that are still here are oh, the yeah, are the ones who, that actually yeah listen. that actually listen. So the we love heart. you guys. Yeah, know you guys are the best. Yeah. Since
3: or you just, just, you just have it,
1: you're just still in the shower and haven't been able yeah, to turn us off yet. That's what it is. I, I actually, can't find your phone. I really love our meandering ass endings just because it is like, we, sh- we, we top load the shit that we want people to hear right at the end, Yeah, and then we just keep talking, and then at <laughs> some just, point, I imagine Don is just going to fade us out.
3: No, because we still got to say fuck cancer.
1: Fuck
0: cancer, be good to yourselves.
1: Um, you know, um, say it. Um,
0: eat
1: eat lots of dicks. There you go. <laughs> and we will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.